This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Michael McNeely is here for a movie review. Michael recently watched The Forgotten Battle, a Dutch film about a World War II. The film is on Netflix and available in English with closed captioning and audio description. Michael is in Toronto with a few thoughts on the film. Hey, good morning, Michael. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Michael, ahead of Remembrance Day, this was a movie that caught your attention. What drew you to it initially? Well, I was looking for a good Canadian film, and I couldn't think of anything more Canadian than going to a Dutch film to learn about Canada's participation in World War II. So I think it's important for us to look, look at ourselves from the perspectives of others to look inward by looking outward to see how others understand us and our participation on the world stage. Along those lines, does Canada have a lot of films about war? Unfortunately, no. So with my research that I've conducted over the last few weeks, those were the only two main films about war, and those were directed by Paul Gross, who you may know has played a multi for many years. Um, it's kind of disappointing to see such a uh, to see such a small number of war films uh, films about Canadian experiences during the war, because we have a lot of stories to tell, and we should be telling those stories. We should be doing more. I think Paul has been helping us along those lines, but he he shouldn't be the only one that's doing that. Let's come back to The Forgotten Battle. What is The Forgotten Battle about? So, if you recall, in World War II, we had the D-Day invasion, or the invasion of Normandy, um, and that was a great turning point for the Allies in changing what what World War II would ultimately end up being as a result of the D-Day invasion, the Allies needed to get a harbor so that we could start mobilizing troops and getting supplies into Europe to fight to fight off the Germans. And so the forgotten battle is essentially what happened after the Allies took Antwerp, which is the, the capital of Belgium, of course, and also a harbor in its own right. But we did not yet have the the Scheldt River that led to Antwerp. So that meant we could not use it as a harbor yet. We needed to get the Scheldt River, and that's why this film is called The Forgotten Battle, because it's really about the battle to get the river. What was the relationship between Canada and the Netherlands? Well, as you may know, there was over 1.1 billion roses shipped to Canada this year. And that's always uh, a celebration of the Tulip Festival. The tulips represent a friendship between the Netherlands and Canada, which has always existed since Canada played a big part 
in the liberation of the Netherlands, including the Scheldt River that we're talking about today. Canada's been there for the Netherlands, and the Netherlands has now forgotten us. But it's also important to remember, as this film has shown us, that the Netherlands were also there for Canada, because Canada was the one that was participating in the European conflict, and the Netherlands were trying to do their best to help us and themselves at the center. Let's talk about films about war. There are a lot of movies that deal with war, some good, some bad. What are the elements that make for a compelling movie about war? Please feel free to jump in, Dave. But I feel like war movies are typically the same across the board, especially the, in the last previous years. We focused on the experiences of men they focused on the experiences of young men, in particular, innocent young men who have no experience of traveling, who have no experience of the world beyond their small borders. We're talking about movies that mostly take place in World War One or World War Two and Vietnam. So most of most of the soldiers going out would have no experience of these countries that they were fighting. Um, they have no experience about taking care of themselves. They have no experience about working. Typically, they're, they're working for the military. That's probably their first big job. And as a result, they are more or less overwhelmed by the conflict, by the confusing situations that they find themselves in, by the large number of deaths that they, they face. They, they may not make it out alive. They'll definitely be changed forever, as we talked about with Breaking a few weeks ago. That the experience of participating in armed conflict or serving in the military is not an easy one. War is oftentimes described as hell, and the compelling war movies are the ones that capture that. Movies like Apocalypse Now, showing the descent into madness, the impact of trauma on people, films like Platoon and The Deer Hunter. Again, those are Vietnam-centric movies, but they, they speak to it. Even movies like All's Quiet on the Western Front, um, both the original, I haven't seen the new one out on Netflix yet, that show the horror and show that brutality and don't glorify what it is that happened there. It's the human experience, people losing lives and losing limbs and being irreparably changed for the rest of their lives. War stories, the good ones, the compelling ones, are about the human experience. Yes, I agree with that. And that's why the forgotten battle is right up there with those films. I think the forgotten battle is where they both three different stories and they're all human-centered. They're all about relationships. There's two men, two stories about two men that are fighting and a third story about a woman who's trying to save her brother who is a prisoner of war and has been taken hostage um, and may or may not be executed by the Germans. What's really interesting about the Forgotten Battle is that it actually takes the time to tell a story of a German fighter because, you know, the Germans were against us in World War II, but their stories are just as valid as us. And there are no Canadian main characters, but Canada is represented in the film as the force that is coming towards to liberate the Netherlands through the Scheldt River. And I feel that that is an important point that the film is making about Canadians, that the Canadians 
were trying to do their best, but they didn't understand the situations that they were getting themselves involved. I believe there was at least 3,000 casualties for the Canadians. So there was quite a number of people that died, and they died partly because of a lack of knowledge or a lack of information about what was really going on. Michael, I think it was contained a little bit in what you just said, but what do you believe the Forgotten Battle does really well? I think the Forgotten Battle really represents the Netherlands, because I don't think we've really seen a representation of Netherlands in wartime. So one of the things that people will realize about the Netherlands and fighting in the Netherlands was that it was muddy. It was flooded. The Germans were flooding the Netherlands to try and hold back the Allies. The Battle of the Scheldt was a month long. It went on from October 2nd, 1994, and lasted into November 8th, with more than 6,000 Canadian casualties. Okay, so I didn't make a mistake. I said 3,000 Canadian casualties, but it's actually 6,000 Canadian casualties. The Germans suffered up to 12,000 casualties, and they had 41,000 captured. So I think it really shows the, the, the sheer catastrophe, if you will, Dave, of, of you know how many people could die in such a short amount of time. This is a month that we're talking about. This is a month literally in the mud, literally, literally in the flooded joy. And the Canadians were not the best at this. They were trying to use amphibian, amphibian techniques, but they, of course, didn't hold a candle to the Netherlands or to the Germans, who had already been there for some time. Um, I think that's ultimately it. One of the one of the things that the film does well is it shows you what that's like, because because most of the time we've been looking at other kinds of films and other kinds of areas doing all war films. What do you think could have been improved about the movie? I don't know if there's much that could have been improved. I think sometimes, just for those with low vision, it's hard to say. It's hard to say a war film because it's all dreary and it's all, you know, rainy and muddy, and it's hard to tell who's friend or foe. But I think that that comes with the territory. I don't think we would expect a war film to be bright and bouncy and half colourful, you know pastoral backgrounds or whatever. So I think, you know, it's just the audio description is important. And to your point, Dave, the audio description is in Dutch. So we still have to look for an English audio description for this film, but hopefully someday it will be available. Michael, I mentioned a couple war movies that I really enjoy. Um, I did I did not mention, and I forgot to mention, uh, Dunkirk, the movie that Christopher Nolan made a couple of years ago that I thought was excellent as well. What are some other movies or documentaries that you recommend people take in this Remembrance Day and maybe throughout the weekend? So in addition to your very good list, which included... Um, um, Apocalypse Now, Ultra. Platoon, The Deer Hunter, All's Quiet on the Western Front, and now Dunkirk is one that I added to that as well. That's good. Yeah, we should keep a one in list. I'm surprised I didn't mention 1917. Mm. And mm. I am also surprised I didn't mention Full Metal Target, if you're going to go with Vietnam films. Mm. I yeah. think Full Metal Target is a work of genius because it's divided into two. The first part of the film is always my favorite part, the, the, part at, uh, the part at boot camp. And 
you know, it just it just shows the sheer sheer loss of humanity that goes into the training of some of our recruits, and the fact that the recruits are not encouraged to you know to speak out against authority, even when they think the authority is doing something wrong or doing something improper. Um, I think I just really appreciated 1917 because that was just, you know, the camera was taking you into the battlefield and you couldn't escape. You couldn't get out of that. I am also very much touched by a film called Land of Mine, and that's a German film. And it's also a, a play on words because it's the story of the Germans in Denmark, where the German prisoner of war, um, prisoner of wars had to detonate mines, often with their own bodies. So I think it shows that, you know, we can, we can have war crimes happening on either side. There's not really necessarily a distinction between the bad guys and the good guys. They're just teenagers, 20-year-olds, 20, 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds, just fighting and killing each other because they don't have anything else that they could be doing at the time. To paraphrase something that Homer uh, wrote in the Iliad, war is where old men talk and young men die. I thought that's we could paraphrase the, that's that to perfect, be more modern to say that that's war. The distinction because that's what we're saying in these films, especially in Dunkirk. If you remember, but those scenes with the old men talking at the dark, where all the young men are dying left and right. I thought that's exactly what happened. Yeah, there's obviously a way you can modernize that statement to be more appropriate and inclusive to say that war is where old people talk and young people die. Michael, thank you for reflecting on some films about war on this Remembrance Day. We appreciate it. We're grateful. No, it is, it's important. And um, I, think, I think for us as Canadians, I think we need to get out there and start telling more stories. Even if you have a low budget, you can tell stories about your, your family, that's well said. That's Michael McNeely with a discussion of The Forgotten Battle, which you can find on Netflix. And you can find Michael on Twitter at Michael D. McNeely. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.